You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This week has been the week of central banks. Central banks sharply in focus, notably today the Bank of England and last night the US Federal Reserve. And things are hotting up in order to cool things down. With me is Russell Silverstone, investment strategist at 91 in London. Goodness me, I mean, I don't ever want to feel sorry for central bankers, but in a way, I just feel that they've got a terribly difficult job at the moment because they've got one instrument, and that is interest rates. And they they just don't seem to be working, Russell. They don't seem to be cooling things down. And we'll go into the details in a moment. No, absolutely. It's a blunt instrument, isn't it? And it it works with the infamous long and variable lags. So we've seen aggressive hikes from zero levels, of course, and you know further projected increases. And even then, inflation hopefully comes back to target. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty around, uh, and it's causing all sorts of eruptions in markets. Yes, it is. Let's go to the United States last night. Let's do this in an organised, chronological way. And last night, the United States of America, I think it was its fifth rise since March of this year, this time by 75 basis points again. And I can't remember where it is now and from whence it from where it came, but maybe you could just give us the technicalities and also that we'll talk about the market reaction afterwards. So where did we start with the Fed raising cycle and where are we now? Yeah, no, indeed. Well, we started from zero and we're now at three to three and a quarter percent. So in terms of economic history, I think there's been 12 tightening cycles since the early 1960s. This is this is one of the fastest and most aggressive. Not quite uh, in line with the, the infamous uh, Paul Volcker uh, episodes, but it is very quick, very aggressive. And I saw a chap uh, on TV today, and he was he used to be a Fed Reserve governor, or uh, he was something to do with the US Federal Reserve, and he's retired now, so he could say what he wanted. And he said, we're paying now for the mismanagement of the economy over the last uh, 10, 12 years. In other words, they were pumping the system full of new money supply all the time. Time, and now they they wonder why inflation is, is running right. And he was scathing in his criticism. I think he was a little bit over the top. But on the other hand, some of what he said has relevance. Yeah, no, it, I guess it's easy to criticise, but I do feel slightly sorry for them. You know, they have to make policy in real time. And sort of putting aside the post-global financial crisis period aside, you have to remember what we've been through in the, in the last three years. I and mean, we had the largest economic contraction any of us are ever going to see. You know, here in the UK, the economy fell 20% in the quarter. You know, literally a fifth of the economy is gone. Um, so they were, you know, full-on panic mode. And then, of course, you had uh, fiscal policy literally having to to keep working capital current and, and, and keeping people you know, able to feed themselves. So, you know, it's very hard to... to I, I guess the institutional setup just can't cope with the sort of speed and, and magnitude of those sort of events. And of course, you know, if they had their time again, there's no way they would have kept policy as, as easy for, for as long as they have. And, and now they're they're fighting a rearguard action to, to try and get ahead of the curve. And I think this is what that, that, that that's all about. OK, I think what happened last night was uh, very interesting as well. I, I switched on t- on the television and was watching the, the S&P and there was initially quite a good reaction. It was almost everyone's said, phew, thank goodness for that, only 75 basis points, because some people had been predicting 100 basis points or 1% higher. And then suddenly people said, oh, wait a second, this isn't good because of what Jerome Powell is saying after the latest interest rate rise. And he says they're going to continue. And that's when the market really, yeah, or rather market yeah. participants had a go. And uh, the S&P fell 1.7% in quite quick time. So the market have, have, have not quite believed what, what 
you know what what they've been saying for months now actually and 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 you know I, I always approach this very simply which is you know one they're the people that set the price of the money and two you know they, they don't have an agenda they, they they honestly try and tell us what what they're thinking mm. what they think it might be wrong but you know there's there's no agenda there so so you know i always take it literally and for months they've been telling us that you know we need to get up rates to to restrictive levels i.e you know the, the the analogy is you know when policy is is below a sort of a neutral level your foot's on the accelerator when it's above neutral it's on the brake um, so you know we we need to, and 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 when your foot's on the brake, you know you're slowing down, and and that's restrictive monetary policy. They've been telling us for months that's now where it needs to get to, um, and they've been telling us that you know if the da- if the data doesn't slow down, then you know they're going to have to put their foot on the brake even harder, and that and that's what did for the market last night. I, I think it was oh great, you know they haven't gone 100 basis points; they've only gone only only gone 75, but. Within their own projections that were published at the same time as the decision, they're saying that not only the rates need to get a little bit higher than most people thought by the end of this year, uh, this year, next year they need to go sort of higher still and stay there throughout the course of the, uh, of next year. And even then, you know, even then, and inflation's still above target, um, and they can begin to contemplate rate cuts in 2024. But policy will still have its foot on that break. So, you know, it's a really hawkish message, uh, which is, you know, subtrend growth. Uh, actually, unemployment is rising. Inflation remains quite elevated. And therefore, um, you know, the Fed have to remain restrictive. And I, I think I think that's, you know, certainly uh, at 91, that, that's, you know, within our sort of cyclical risk meeting. That's something we've been discussing for months now. And I, th- I think finally last night, the market suddenly twigged, actually, you know, this committee is serious about this. And, and, and I think that's why we saw that reaction mm, it's very interesting the other thing that interests me in a simplistic sort of way my simplistic way not your simplistic way is that um, there is a bit of a conundrum here because as gas prices come down in the united states of america and when i say gas prices i mean the price of petrol at the pump in an american garage um, that releases a little bit of money for households to spend on other things that maybe they haven't been able to spend on as gas prices were so elevated in the last six months or so. So while one price comes down, the other one goes up because of the increased demand for other goods and, and services. I mean, I know this is a short-term phenomenon, but short-term is um, is quite important to people because it's, it's still 8.3%, isn't it, CPI in, in America? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. You know, people have more disposable income as 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 inflation comes down, and 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 what with the you know still reasonably high level of accumulated savings, you know, if, if people are feeling more confident, then then that saving could well be spent. And and you know, this is exactly the sort of problem that the Federal Reserve uh, faces. And 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 the stark message was, you know, the only way we can square this sort of circle and get inflation back to our target. Is is for the economy to to grow well below trend for the next year or so, and for unemployment to rise. Uh, you know, I think he said I haven't read the transcript yet, but I think he said you know there is going to have to be some pain, and you know that's obviously not a, a great scenario for those assets that are correlated to economic growth. Right. Let's move to the United Kingdom now, where the Bank of England has raised rates by half a percent, fifty basis points, to two and a quarter percent. That was expected, I think, Russell, a slightly more sober reaction from the Bank of England. But um, what, what's your reaction to that? And what's, the, what's been the market reaction on the, say, yeah. for, for example, the gilts? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you if you feel slightly sorry for the Federal Reserve, I feel really sorry for the Bank of England. I mean, you know, they've they've got a horrible task because um, you know the, the economy here faces all sorts of, of, of headwinds. Um, we've now got a, a a big fiscal package um, coming. We think tomorrow they've just had to the Bank of England have just had to cut their inflation forecast by five percentage points. Now, bear in mind the target is two percent, five percentage point change in in their uh, forecast because of the, the cap on energy prices that's that's been. Uh, imposed uh it makes trying to um you know look at the the, the medium-term outlook for the economy really really hard so they they raise rates by a half percent 50 basis points some people are expecting something more 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 aggressive and they basically parked the decision and said look there's so much going on in terms of, of the fiscal background that that we need to park this decision and 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 redo our um, equations and come back and, and and perhaps be more aggressive in november couple of things on, on gilts and markets that the outlook for uk rates uh, in the financial markets is 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 worse than the, the us actually um, so the middle the middle of next year the sort of implied bank rate is around 185 so bear in mind that you know we're you know there's aggressive uh, sorry four, four, uh, 485 and, and and today you know bank rate only got to two and a quarter so you know there's another we're only halfway through the tightening cycle according to the financial markets um which seems incredible and yes the gilt market so uk government bonds has uh, been selling off very aggressively we we to put this into context 10-year gilts um three let's call it three and a half percent only slightly lower than um, U.S. Treasuries. Um, we've retraced um, two-thirds of the entire rally post-global financial crisis in, in UK government gilts. And, you know, the problem we have is that um, the only buyers of gilts um, since the, the global financial crisis have been overseas investors and the Bank of England. Uh, and the Bank of England are now selling them. So someone somewhere is going to have to buy uh, the issuance, especially if we have a, a dash for growth uh, on the fiscal side. So, yeah, gil- gil- gilts are facing real headwinds. Such a difficult job for the new Prime Minister, uh, Liz Truss. Very difficult. I mean, it's got to, um, she and her cabinet have got to work closely in conjunction with the Bank of England. But on the other hand, she's got to do things. I mean, maybe she gives people subsidies. Maybe she caps the energy bills, which she already has. But again, that releases money into the system and people if they're responsible, pay off their debts and uh, hunker down a little bit, or they go out and buy things that they haven't been able to buy. Same situation that I described earlier in the United States of America. And I noticed there was a, a, I saw an interview with a a mortgage broker, a bond broker um, earlier on. And he he said around about um, two years ago, you were negotiating for a a mortgage of 1.2%. Now it's difficult to find 3.6%. So there is a recession looming, I think, Russell. Yeah, no, in, in, in the UK, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't think any of us would be surprised if the economy was was already in a recession. So, you know, retail sales have been falling steadily. Uh, and that's not just a price effect. This is actually the volumes, the amount of stuff we're buying yeah. uh, has been falling steadily for months now. Um, and, and confidence is on the floor. Um, the housing market looks like it's wobbling. So, yeah, you know, there's, this is why I feel so slight. Sorry for the bank. You know, they, they're, they're between a rock and a hard place, mm. you know, and at the same time, when you know we see domestic inflation pressure building, um, growth slowing, the government wants to have a sort of dash for growth through much looser fiscal policy. It's it's a, you know, if, if you're a monetary policy uh, maker, it's 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 a real headache. It really is. Okay, uh, you've got a difficult job as well. I, I would never feel sorry for you because that would be condescending. But you and your team, your strategy, you and your other strategists must sit down and say, look at what has just happened. It's very very noisy indeed. 
are you saying, okay, calm down, we were expecting this at 91, but uh, on the other hand, we have to keep on our toes. What's your strategy at the moment? Yeah. Our main sort of macro forecast in, in round is, is a meeting we call cyclical risks. And that and that just has sort of um, a, a bull case, a, a bear case, essentially a, a consensus view, which is embedded in prices. And, and, and the sort of outcome of that now for at least three months is, is, is recession. So, you know, all we do once we sort of formulated those views is, is just tweak them as the news comes in. But we take, as I said earlier, we take those policymakers at face value. You know, if policy is going to be tight, you know, inflation generally eats in disposable income. That only means one thing, and it's much, much slower growth and, and, and highly likely to be recession, certainly in the UK, certainly in the Eurozone. China, we, we, we know, is very slow. And, and, and therefore, yeah, certainly the multi-asset team for, for who I work is, is very, very cautious on, you know, on those assets that are correlated to economic growth. Mm. I suppose when you look at the cable, the British pound against the uh, US dollar, the sterling, then there's some companies that will benefit and some companies that will be hindered by this extraordinary move to a near four decade low. So I suppose the equity team will be looking at certain companies like that. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, there's always, you know, I, I guess you would call that a microfactor, you know, clear, clearly. And, and look at, you know, as, as, as you know, I'm not, I'm not an equity person, but, the, you know, the FTSE's held up, held up one pretty well this year because one, it's the, the mix of companies that are actually in that index and, and, and two, most of the earnings come from overseas. So, you know, that 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 would certainly help. But, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember 1985 when, when cable got to 105. It feels very much like we're going to test that again. We'll see. Yeah, it's not that far away. Russell, thanks so much for your analysis. That's Russell Silverstone investment strategist at 91 in London. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.